0: We are continuing through our study on the names of God, and again, we've kind of transitioned into the various, not only names of the Lord Jesus, uh, but different titles of the Lord Jesus as well. Um, I'm not a a big fan, per se, of the NFL. I I follow sports a little bit. Uh, Some people will get very excited about the draft. I believe this coming week uh, will be the NFL draft. And um, it's really, you know, not that big of a discussion. Um, I'm, my understanding is salaries are kind of locked in uh, based on your draft number. So this is based on last year. Last year, number one pick uh, signed for 41 million. Um, the number two pick only got 39 million. Yeah, I know you kind of want to pray for him, huh? Uh, number three pick 38 million. Number four pick 37 million, etc. That's kind of, you know, I don't want to say set in stone, but there really, for the most part, isn't a lot of controversy. What sometimes happens in sports is a player will do very, very well, and then there'll become a controversy. And there'll be a challenge, and there'll be a disagreement between ownership and the player or the player's agent. And sometimes it can get nasty uh, where a player says, I refuse to play, I refuse to come to spring training. And they'll turn it over to mediation. And that's the word I want to talk about tonight. Because when the owner and the player slash player's agent are so far away from each other, and it's not the kind of thing of, hey, let's do coffee, maybe we can work this out. We are so far apart, why don't we get a mediator, somebody who understands management and the players, and then you present your facts to him, and hopefully mediation works. Tonight, as you could guess, we're talking about Jesus, our mediator, and there's really one key text, even though we're going to look at more than just one, that reminds us of this wonderful truth, 1 Timothy 2.5 there's one God and one mediator also between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So think about mediation. An owner thinks, hey, you're only worth this much, and you say, that's not even close. I'm worth like a whole lot more than that. And two people are so far apart from a business standpoint that you go to mediation. That applies to us and to God. Right, here's God, and here's me, and and the difference is so vast. How can I ever have a relationship with God? I need someone to come between me and God. And we have that person, and that, of course, is the Lord Jesus Christ. So point number one, there's only one God who actually exists. And that might, you know, I struggled with how to word that you know there there are many many gods lowercase g many people or things that are worshiped as god there are many idols many false religions okay but there's only one god who actually exists right we know for example deuteronomy 435 the lord yahweh he is god there is no other besides him or if you go a little bit further on in deuteronomy 4 You'll come to verse 39, the Lord, Yahweh, he is God in heaven above and on the earth below, there's no other. And then I think probably the most famous verse uh, that if you're from a more Jewish background or know your Old Testament well, uh, they would call this the Shema, uh, it has to do with that Hebrew word here, and this is really big uh, to uh, Jewish people, here and to us, hear O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. So we know there's only one God. And even though other gods are worshipped, they're not gods, right? First Corinthians 8, 4 and 5. There is no such thing as an idol in the world. Now you know, pause. As You say, well, there are idols, right? There's statues made of marble, little Buddhas or similar perhaps. And yeah, those exist, but they're not really gods. There is no God, capital G, but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom are all things, and we exist for him, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we exist through him. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 6. So when we, we get to this verse on mediation... There is one God, one mediator also between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. We're establishing the first part of that verse. There is one God. There is only one God. But the verse continues. There is one God and one mediator, mediator between God and man. That's our second point. Just like there's only one God, there is only one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus and that's the verse we're looking at tonight there is one God one mediator also between God and man one way one arbitrator there's only one you say well how do you know there's only one because the verse tells me there's only one and you know there might be different ideas on how can I somehow get to God and people have different ideas again I've mention this, I'm sure, in different sermons, would have you. Just, Nancy and I, uh, from our Roman Catholic background, we're used to having what are called patron saints. So, St. Christopher, for example, is the patron saint of travel. And it was very common, my mom and dad had one on the dashboard. uh, You had a little statue of St. Christopher. And, you know, dashboards back then were metal. And so, there was a magnet on the bottom. So, you know, so it would stay put And, you know, it's not like you really worshipped the statue. You didn't bow down to it. But there was just this idea that somehow St. Christopher helps me to get to God. Or, you know, I grew up at Our Lady of Mount Carmel, uh, Nancy St. Mary Magdalene. And you say, do you really worship Mary? Well, you know, again, it's kind of a hard thing to really explain. Uh, We never worshipped Mary that I'm aware of. But we believed somehow Mary would get us to God. As I actually heard one person say, well, the way to get to God is through Jesus. But one way to get to Jesus is through Mary. So, you know, it's, it's that kind of a thing. that Not that I'm worshiping Mary. And, and maybe some people do. People I knew in Catholic backgrounds didn't. But it was a vehicle to get to God. And a mediator, if if or mediatrix, perhaps, and this verse would say, no, there is only one God, no other God, and only one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So that's our key verse, First Timothy chapter two, verse five. Jesus is our mediator. What's interesting is when I think of mediator, my brain goes right to the First Timothy verse, chapter 2. I looked up the other usages of the word mediator, and I found three of them in Hebrews, two of them we've already covered, one still to come. And so I was thinking through this, in what way is Jesus our mediator? You know, here's our great holy God, and here is... Is a person like me, obviously a sinner, as you are too, how is it that Jesus is my mediator? That'll be our third point tonight. Jesus is the mediator of the new covenant. You say, what do we mean by the new covenant? Okay, first of all, there was the old Mosaic covenant, and we've been reviewing that as we've gone through Hebrews. And chapter 8 of Hebrews, verses 7 through 9, makes it very clear that that old covenant was faulty. Now, I have to admit, I would be a little bit cautious to say that if it wasn't in the Bible. And so this is what Hebrews teaches, Hebrews 8, 7. For if that covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion sought for a second. So if that covenant had... Had been faultless, we wouldn't have needed a new covenant, but we did need a new covenant. Why? Because that covenant was not faultless. I hope I'm being fair with words. It was faulty. The first covenant, you say, what do you mean by the first covenant? The first covenant we've read. In fact, uh, I don't know where you're reading in your Bible reading. Uh, I'm going through, you know, there's different plans. But uh, my plan had me in Exodus these last couple of days are reading about the tabernacle and all of the furniture and, and exactly how big you know the altar is and, and how big the, the table of showbread would be and the curtains and how they're set up and all of that. That was all the first covenant. That was the old covenant. And how the priest had to wear very special clothing and it was very ornate, very important and that covenant was faulty okay Hebrews 8 7 makes that very clear let's go to Hebrews 8 verse 9 not like the covenant which I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt for they did not continue in my covenant and I did not care for them says the Lord you say Greg what is that all about why didn't God care for them Because they broke the covenant. See the old covenant was if you obey me I will bless you but if you disobey me then you will face judgment. And the people basically said all that the Lord has said we will do and then they all didn't do it. The old covenant pointed out their sin but the old covenant did not forgive their sin. The people could not keep the old covenant. It was a conditional covenant. So the people don't obey. God says, okay. And I did not care for them, says the Lord. So we're reviewing the old covenant. The old Mosaic covenant was faulty. Second subpoint the Lord promised to make a new covenant. And we have this great promise. And in, in Hebrews 8, we have this incredibly lengthy quote from Jeremiah 31. It's all about the new covenant. And here's what Hebrews 8, 10 says. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says says the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds, and I will write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. This is not a conditional covenant, guys. This is an unconditional covenant. The new covenant is not God saying, okay, obey me and I'll bless you. Disobey me and it's over. That's the old covenant. The new covenant is this is what I will do. And God places in people his word. And he makes a choice that he will be their God and they shall be his people, Hebrews 8.10. So the old Mosaic covenant was faulty. The Lord promised To make a new covenant, you say, okay, so where are we going? Jesus. Jesus is the mediator of this new and better covenant. So, who is the one who mediates the new covenant? Hebrews makes it very clear Jesus, Hebrews 8 6. He has obtained a more excellent ministry by as much as he's also the mediator of a better covenant. Better than the Old Covenant. Why? The Old Covenant saved no one. And for those of you reading in your Bible reading plans, and we all don't need to be on the same plan, but all of that ornate, uh, important, uh, picturing theological truths in the tabernacle, all, all designed by God for a purpose, there will not be one person in heaven Because they trusted in the blood of bulls and goats. The blood of bulls and goats cannot take away sin. We needed a better covenant. We needed someone better than Aaron to be our priest. And his name is Jesus. He's also the mediator of a better covenant, Hebrews 8, 6. Chapter 12, verse 24. We haven't gotten there on Sundays yet. Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. So the old covenant, the Mosaic covenant, was faulty. The Lord promised he would make a new covenant. In Jeremiah 31, quoted at length in Hebrews 8.10, Jesus is the mediator of this new and better covenant. And then the question might come up, and we've already covered this, but I hope it's a good review. Greg, then what about all those people like in the Old Testament how did they get saved if they couldn't get saved through the Old Covenant? I'll say it again. The Old Covenant saved no one. Jesus is the mediator of the only covenant that forgives a person's sin. You say, how does that work? Well, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 15, I think is a wonderful answer to that question. Hebrews 9, 15. For this reason, he, Jesus is the mediator of a new covenant. Now, notice what comes next. So that since the death has taken place for the redemption of the transgressions that were committed under the first covenant, those who have been called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. Think about that. For the redemption of the transgressions that were committed under the first covenant. All of those people going to the tabernacle, and as they should, and performing those sacrifices as they should, as they were commanded to do, how were those people forgiven? Through Jesus. Since a death has taken place, that's Jesus, for the redemption of the transgressions that were committed under the first covenant, those who have been called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance frequently, People will say it this way, and I remember maybe the first time or two I heard it. It just made sense. In the Old Testament, they look forward to a coming Messiah. Us in the New Testament, we look backwards to a Messiah who's already come. There's only one mediator between God and man, and his name is Jesus. That's Old Testament or New Testament. He is the only mediator. Only one God, only one mediator, Jesus the mediator of the new covenant. I hope as you think about this, it'll just help you to grow in your appreciation for Jesus. That regardless where a person is in history, before the cross, after the cross, there's only one God. It's not like in the Old Testament, there were many gods. No, Old Testament, one God. New Testament, one God. Old Testament, one mediator. New Testament, one mediator. And his name is Jesus He alone is the one who can get us rightly related to God. I hope that your faith is in him. And I hope thinking about this helps you to even be more thankful for his ministry. Let's pray. Father, we never get tired of thinking of Jesus, talking about Jesus, dwelling on Jesus. That he would come into this world, Lord, to fulfill, to establish, to inaugurate this new covenant that through his death, through his shed blood on a cross, that he would pay the price of our sin and how we thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, that you have put, all of us that are trusting in Jesus, you have put your word in our hearts. Lord, you have done a work of grace in our lives and we have the joy of being forgiven. Every one of us, that right now has faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, our mediator. We pray, Lord, we, we thank you that we can have a relationship with you, the one true God, through the one mediator, the Lord Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.